If you have fallen asleep at 7.30 on a Friday night, you might be a teacher. Teaching is crazy, fun, exhausting, challenging, rewarding, and did I mention crazy? And as Catholic school teachers, we are also entrusted with imbuing Catholic identity. It's a huge responsibility, but fortunately for us, there is Finding God, the amazing K-8 faith formation program from Loyola Press. It's innovative, engaging, and the most inclusive and complete program we've ever used. Multimedia? Check. Scripture? Check. Family resources? Check. Bilingual? Check. And don't forget, posters, worksheets, quick start guides, apps, magazines, lesson plans. Seriously, Finding God has all you need and more. Pray about it. Visit FindingGod.com and order a sample. Finding God might not help you stay awake later on a Friday night, but it will help you sleep better knowing you're helping guide kids toward a faith-filled life. Catholic Teachers Lounge with Jill and Colleen. Welcome to the Catholic Teachers Lounge, the only podcast by Catholic school teachers for Catholic school teachers. I'm Jill. I'm here with Colleen. We are grateful to be together again to laugh, explore, and connect. Thank you to Loyola Press for sponsoring us and for you, the teachers, for doing what you do every day. Well, hello there, Colleen. Hey, Jill. How you doing? Good, good, good. So, hey, I have been thinking about some things and I, um, I've i got a question for you. I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm like a, I'm a true crime junkie. Like I listen to a lot of podcasts. I know I've told you I listen to like history podcasts and, but I also, I don't know if I've told you that I also listen to a lot of true crime podcasts because I kind of keep that to myself and I read a lot of mysteries and like, this is my, it's my guilty pleasure, I think. So do you ever watch any of the, like the CSI TV shows or do you watch like movies that are like, you know, murder mystery movies or anything like that? Colleen, I do not watch any of those things because when I was younger, when I was a young adult, I would watch some of those things and they terrified me. So all of the like special victims units and all the things I was pretty sure I was going to get kidnapped or I was going to find a dead body somewhere. Like I can't, I can't watch that stuff. I know that I can't. I remember like, this is terrible. I remember the first time I watched the silence of the lambs. Cause I also love like oh, horror movies, gosh, you know, no. like I can, wa- I think I watched half of it. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh my gosh. I've, I've watched it so many times, but one of the things that I, you know, that stood out to me, I think this is like the first time I actually remember noticing like a wall where someone was like making connections. So here are the victims, here are the locations, oh, here mm-hmm. are the clues, here are the things. Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you seen this in TV yeah, shows yeah. and in movies? Well, sure, because it's like, yeah, all the detectives are like putting it, like adding a clue or adding a something. Yes. Or, yes. And there's strings like going to places and connecting yes. things and people. Okay. So I was not long ago in, hold that thought for a second. I was in a classroom, um, I don't know, maybe a month or so ago. And I'm sitting in the classroom and I was there just to, um, to read some student essays and give some feedback on student mm-hmm. writing, right? But I, I can't help myself. I'm looking around the classroom just because a classroom tells a story, right? So I'm looking around the classroom, seeing what's up on the walls. And lo and behold, in the corner of this classroom is a murder board. Oh, just like, <laughs> oh, yeah, just like in the movies and, you know, in the TV shows. And there's a victim in the middle and there's strings and there's all these people and there's clues on post-it notes. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what is that? So I had to wait. <laughs> 
I had to wait a little, <laughs> wait until class was over. And then I, you know, asked the teacher, I'm like, I know that I'm here for this, but could we please talk about that over there? <laughs> what is happening on that wall over there? And she was like, oh, oh yeah, the, the murder board. I'm like, okay, tell me all about the murder board. Tell me everything about the murder board. I love it. So they're reading a book called The Westing Game. Have you ever read The Westing Game? Uh, yes. I was trying to decide. I'm like, this must connect to literature because I was an English teacher. <laughs> so I'm like, which, yeah, like which plot needed some clues and pulling it together? Mm-hmm. But yeah, Westing Game makes total sense for something yeah. like this. So they put yes. the, I can see where they, there were so many characters in that book too. So it's hard to keep them straight. I've read it multiple times and I sort yeah. of taught it, but not directly like in a book, like in a book circle. So it wasn't like me directly instructing an entire room. So I could see where if you didn't sit down and read it pretty like quickly, you could get confused with characters too. So yes, there are 16 characters in okay. the book so that's a lot because for a after, novel like that's a lot it's that's a, a lot, lot for a novel mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's a lot to keep track of so there are, these are seventh graders that were reading it the teacher's name is michelle rupert i want to give a, a shout out to her michelle rupert from olph in um scottsdale so she was telling me she's like yeah you know it just seemed like a good idea because there are so many characters because the plot as the plot you know starts to unravel you have to, you know, pull clues out. You don't even know what mystery you're trying, you know, to to solve yet right. because things like start to really get complicated as, you know, mm-hmm. as you learn everybody's stories and all of that. Well, she says, so we've got a visual, um, we've got reminders, you know, each week of what's happening. If a if a student um, you know, figures out a clue, they put it up on the board. So kids always have the visual and the reminder to bring them back to, you know, what what is it that we're trying to focus on here and how are we trying to solve um, this case? So I absolutely loved it. And I started thinking about, did you have a thought before I move on? Well, <laughs> I, had I another did thought. because I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I was thinking about how in when teaching a novel and once you're at the middle school level, mm-hmm. it's really hard to decide how much do you do as a whole class and how much do you need kids to think yes. independently? And how yes. do you model that? Because I was a relatively good reader, but when it was something assigned to me, I always like trudged through it. And so yeah. I wouldn't catch things that other kids would catch because they cared about it more or they didn't like zone out. So it's one of those like, yep. do you do the thinking for them? Like what is collective thinking? Okay, that goes onto the murder board. And what is independent comprehension? You know, that book is a little tricky, not because this not because the vocabulary is high, but there's a little bit of a time period. Um like there's some terminology used that like today's kids don't catch. I forget. I can't think of any yeah. examples, but some little things about like they live in an apartment building, but you know, it, they're like using some different words. And then to keep all the characters straight, it's like how much I think you need some collective thinking on that book. I think it'd be more fun anyway. So, um, mm-hmm. and then to talk about the complexity of the writing, like how do you write a mystery? That's really hard. So I think um, mm-hmm. kids don't read a lot of mysteries. It's a very unique genre. Like you don't see as many kids thinking like I'm going to read every mystery. So, and maybe you do, but it's a, it's a unique genre. So if this I, is I one of the only <laughs> mysteries, well, you probably did. Yeah. But if this is one of the only <laughs> mysteries you pick up, you probably want to he- figure out the pattern a little bit better together. Boy, that, that's actually a really good point. What a what a great example of of having to do backward design. 
Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, so here's the end. This is how it's going to end. How am I going to build up to that? You know, what a, what an mm-hmm. interesting way to teach kids that would be really hard to teach because it is, yes. you're right. You're right. Writing a mystery is really hard. Okay. So, and so where my brain started going as I'm sitting there, because I never taught this book, I never taught the Westing game. I was not mm. very familiar with it at all. I don't know how, how I'm, how did I miss that book? I don't, I'm like so upset. I would have loved to teach that book to middle schoolers. Anyway, so I'm thinking about all the other things that I did teach throughout the years and how could this technique of having the daily visual of what are we focusing on? What are the clues? How can we make connections among things to help kids? Actually, it's like creating like a concept map on the Mm -hmm. wall so that there's always something to be coming back to, which is, I think, pretty crucial to kids these days um, would have been super, super helpful. You know, I don't ever remember any of my teachers doing anything like that, like having uh, like a collective visual that people were always adding to. I don't ever remember that teaching technique being used in any of my classrooms um, when I was a student, but as a teacher, this is, it's a great concept. Yeah, I think so. And I, I'm trying to think like you could probably make a digital concept map if they had a shared uh-huh. like Google Doc or a, um, yep, or like one of those pages like with a sticky notes, electronic like sticky note pages. Or um, I was thinking too, I've done like character lists. So you get to The Outsiders by S.C. Hinton and there's so, again, there's a lot of characters. There's no mystery to solve, but you can't remember the personalities of all these different people if you yeah. if you're only reading at one time. So making a character list is one thing, but the Westing game is also kind of visual because they're all living in the same apartment building. And so even just like putting them next to like this is my neighbor or they live below me or they whatever, like you could visually put them yeah. like into their apartment building a little bit too. So anything mm-hmm. that helps us sort and make a mental model for kids that they are going to have trouble creating um is really good so i can see this for a mystery i could also see this is hard to do for um something similar for like a historical fiction trying to put things on a map or trying to put things in a timeline or just anything that you can collectively i like i like like maybe this is the idea of reserving one bulletin board or one space in the room for whatever you're reading so that you can think about what's a visual that can aid the mental map or the mental like the the visualization, the mental visualization that students need to have while they're working their way through the plot. Awesome. I love that. I love that you mentioned historical fiction because I started thinking about using this for um, the crucible or the Salem witch trials. Oh my goodness. This would have been great. I thought that too was hard, right? That was hard. So having a visual, yes, would have been amazing. So that's, that's where my, that's where my brain went. That's great. Okay. I got to cut you off. There's our bell. So Thanks for the energy boost as we love exploring your ideas and affirming your efforts. Keep the suggestions coming in and tune into our next episode as we talk about more great ideas from fellow teachers. We will see you next time.